What an utterly outrageous thing for the angel to say. Do not be amazed. But not only that, do not be amazed. I'm going to tell you even something more amazing than the fact that Jesus isn't here. He is risen from the dead. The universal law of creation, of biological beings, is death. Do not be amazed that the one you loved has risen from the dead. What an utterly crazy thing to say. Do not be amazed. And yet, when we look back, and he's challenging the women who have come there as he challenges us, when we look back at the life of Christ and his teachings, we should not be amazed. It should make sense that the tomb is empty, that the promises, that the prophecies have been fulfilled, and that God, in his infinite love for us, has conquered sin and death. Do not be amazed indeed, but give thanks and rejoice. And in so many ways, we should share in this wonderful joy and thanksgiving this Easter. Last Easter vigil, there were six of us gathered here in the church. It was a surreal experience. It was also very frustrating because about five minutes before Mass, we couldn't figure out how to work the webcam. And of course, webcams are everything at that point. And so we had to use my phone to, bro- to, to webster, to livecast the Mass last Easter vigil. And if it wasn't for that last-minute thing, it would have just been the six of us in an empty church praying. Do not be amazed, though, because God has in some way, shape, or form brought us here, has changed our lives and our hearts, is calling us to rise, to be reborn, to be remade in the same way that Jesus rose from the dead, so too must we. Fear, the coronavirus, nothing, death itself, nothing has power over us anymore because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, by dying destroyed death for us, but by rising opens for us a new way of our own life. Ours is not simply misery and suffering with a purpose, but it is something, the cross, that leads to the glory that we now celebrate. I cannot help but think and rejoice in the fact that a year ago there were only six of us gathered here because Father Dennis was in the hospital. And thanks be to God, he has risen from his hospital bed. And thanks be to God for the medical care, and he is with us, cancer, basically cancer-free. Thanks be to God. And not only that, I have to admit, in some way, shape, or form, I'm a bit jealous, because as his hair has grown back, mine has fallen out. (laughs) So I've grown the beard to kind of say, hey, I can still do this, right? But this is the joy and the gladness and the goodness that the Lord has in store for us. That a year ago, we would have never thought we would have gotten here in the way that we are, and yet we are here. Do not be amazed. And even if it has been brutal and difficult, even if we go like the women to the empty tomb with hearts heavy and saddened and weighed down, 
God has risen and offers you the same thing. Because, brothers and sisters, our story is the story that we have just heard. God has created you and me in His image. You are worthy, you are necessary, you are loved beyond measure. All of creation, this is the beauty of our faith, everything that has ever existed has existed because of God's love for you. Not only that, but God does what even Abraham is saved from doing. God makes a covenant with us that lasts forever. And whereas Abraham was willing to offer his son but was saved from that, God ratifies that covenant with us through his blood. And because he is so much in love with us that even when we have chosen slavery and death over him, when we have chosen bondage through sin, he has freed us from the shackles of sin and driven off our enemies. He has renewed us and restored us through his covenant, such that the covenant now, being freed from sin, we are made to be greater than ever we were before. And he has made himself knowable. Whether you are the most advanced and brilliant rocket scientist and mathematician or whatever, philosopher, theologian, or whether you can't even read, God has made himself knowable and present to us through the sacraments, through the church, through his great love that pours forth from his teachings and from his word. He has done all of this, as we heard from the prophet Ezekiel, to make us new. To restore us, to renew us, to take from us those things to which we cling that keep us from him and to give us a new hope, a new life of joy, of peace, of fulfillment. We get there, as St. Paul reminds us in the letter to the Romans tonight, by dying with Christ in the waters of baptism. And so in a few minutes, do not be amazed that when a young woman walks up here, she will die in the waters of baptism, but be reborn a new creation, loved perfectly and totally and filled with that gift. Do not be amazed that shortly thereafter, she and others will be completely fulfilled with the power of the Holy Spirit. God will make them his perfect temple. Do not be amazed. Do not be amazed when shortly thereafter, God himself will be made physically present God himself, sacramentally, body, blood, soul, and divinity, will come to us in the Eucharist. Do not be amazed. God's love is all around us. It is palpable. It is tangible. He goes before us always, not in an opaque or an oblique way or from way up high, but from the midst of us, uniting himself fully, even to our brokenness and our death so that we can rise again. This is the story of our life. Whereas Jesus dies once for the salvation of all, we must choose, this is what conversion is, to die regularly, to give of ourselves, to turn away from the things that take us from God, to offer our sufferings, to unite them to those in need, to serve the poor, to give constantly of ourselves, to sacrifice for the greater good our relationship with Christ and the building up of a better world and society. And I'm going to speak just here to those who will be shortly received into the fullness of our faith, that the world is a hard and difficult, sometimes a dark and cold place. 
You don't need to go very far to look for that, especially the young people. You know how difficult it's been. The isolation, the terrible things, the death, the difficulty of this last year in the pandemic. We know in our own hearts that it doesn't take much for us to turn our hearts, turn our minds from God. Sometimes we think, wow, Judas gave himself for 30 pieces of silver. He sold out Jesus for that. Oftentimes we know that we sell God out for far less. It's a difficult place. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to suffer. We're going to do things that we shouldn't do. But always return to the empty tomb. This is the beauty of the mystery of our faith. We don't see Jesus in the gospel tonight. We should think that on the resurrection, on the feast day of the most holy night of the year, that we should encounter the risen Lord and we get the empty tomb. Because as powerful, as beautiful as the resurrection is, it is still a mystery. And our life in the reality of the resurrection is a mystery. Yes, Jesus goes before us to our own Galilee, to the Galilee of our hearts and our minds and our lives. But when we return again and again to the empty tomb, to the promise, to the hope, to the joy, it allows us, especially in those moments of confusion and difficulty and pain, to find strength, to find meaning. And so when the world throws you a curveball, come back to the promise and the hope of the empty tomb, and do not be amazed. When you struggle, when you sin, when you fall, get up, dust yourself off, grab what you can, come to the empty tomb, do not be amazed. Life and life in Christ is not a problem to be solved. It is a mystery to be enjoyed and unraveled. Because when we come to the empty tomb, we know that our path is with Jesus. We know he is leading us and will find us in Galilee But we don't know, we can't know what it's going to mean beyond that. When we follow after Jesus, we are not amazed. We are just simply transfigured and made new. The life that we live is one of great peace and joy and beauty. Not because we are perfect, but because we keep our eyes fixed and united with the one who has loved us. It's going to be easy to pine for the things of the past or to get frustrated with the divisions of the present. But new life in Christ is always fixed on the now but not yet. But Jesus is risen and he is rising in our hearts. He is changing us. He is converting us. He is making us new. Come to the empty tomb. Do not be amazed. And walk ever in the joy, the peace, and the goodness that comes from being the beloved sons and the beloved daughters of Jesus Christ, the Son of God.